Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and relax. Whatever God is doing in your life, it's for you. And whatever is going on in your life is from him. He's sovereign. He knows what he's doing. The circumstances in your life are not a reflection of how pleasing you are to him, how you're doing. We always want to know, are we missing something? Are we on the right track? The only way to know that is to ask him. Now, we've talked before about how if you keep running up against the same roadblocks, if you you struggle with the same things over and over again, that's a a sign to go and talk to God about what's going on, that you're, you're missing something. You're trying to do something out of your own strength that only he can do. That's different than interpreting that mountain as that you are, that you have missed God that you are displeasing to him, that you failed or made a mistake. One is about your who you truly are. That you you know, you you're a mistake, you've you're never gonna amount to anything, you're never gonna overcome the mistakes you've made, and you're just gonna have to try harder, you're gonna have to you know, try to rectify any mistakes. Now none of that's true that obstacle that you're struggling against, that God is leaving there. He He gives us those things that he doesn't remove because we're still trying to deal with them on our own, under our own power. He will let us continue to, to do that until we're ready to stop and turn and, and face him and let him make the changes. Now, a lot of times... What happens when that happens is seemingly nothing. Because when you are in his hands, we, in our soul, in our conscience, we often don't see what he's doing. And the results of what he's doing are often hidden from us. Now, I think he reveals enough to us and we experience enough of the positive changes that he makes in our lives to be encouraged and to know that he's making changes. But I think a lot of the changes he's making are far more important to him and less important to us. We want to see big changes. We want to see... You know the the love and the joy and the peace and and all, you know all the power and authority. We want to have an outward expression of healing, of progress, of change, and that's very often the least important to God. What's the most important to Him is that your soul is being reunited with your spirit. And that's something only he can do on his timetable, in his order. 
so as much as possible, we let him be the God. And we remind ourselves that we've agreed. Whatever God is doing in your life, you've agreed to it. And just to remind you, God gets our attention when when we are resisting his knocking. He gets our attention in three different areas of our lives. Our health, our relationships, and our finances. Now, odds are, at one time or another, you've had issues. I've had issues in each one of those areas. It's when they occur over and over again that we can go, okay, God's trying to get my attention. And this is one of the reasons I've taught before. It's been a while since I've done any podcasts on I don't like doing um, automatic giving to ministries or any kind of um, churches or even individuals. Doing it as an automatic thing deprives God of the opportunity to access the attention, to get the attention of the person you're automatically giving money to. And it also keeps you God from being able to, you know, correct or bless more that person you're giving to. In other words, say you've, you know, you've been a lot which most people in the western Christianity have taught about been taught about tithing. And there's a you know plenty of information on the website and some of my old podcasts we go into that in depth and I'll probably be doing some additional information on that updating it a little bit. But the premise behind it is you put it you know you you assume where God wants you to put the money and you just you do it and it's off your radar. And it's 10%, and it goes to your church so they can do a budget and that kind of stuff. Well, none of that, you you don't, that prevents you from having to check in with God. And as for your pastor or your teacher or whoever you're supporting, they become reliant on an automatic income. So God can't influence, get their attention in the financial realm. And again, God gets gets our attention. And there's times when God has to get our attention. I mean, yay, let's try to go for God never has to try to get my attention, that we always are giving him our attention. But odds are there's areas of our lives that he has to work to get our attention. And he gives our attention in those three areas, health, relationships, and finances. And if we have interfered and are giving to somebody that God does not want finances going to, 
we are leaving that person with God only having two other access points, health and relationships. And honestly, I don't want to do that to anybody. I want to recognize that God wants to be able to get that person's attention in any way he chooses. It's not good for any of us to be on automatic anything. We are to be hearing, being aware and sensitive and and perceptive about the presence of God at all times. Now, in your spirit, you absolutely are. So this is not something you need to try to strive for. But let's just say right now, think about where your finances are going in support of, let's just say giving. Let's just use the broad category of where you're giving. Is there anything that pops to your mind now we're talking about this subject? Take that subject and take it back to God. And ask him if you should make changes. That's it. That's all you have to do. That takes it out of the automatic realm into I'm responsible realm. There's this whole idea that, you know, we're only stewards of what God has given us. No. You are a joint heir with Christ. You are a son of God. This is your inheritance. God is teaching you to be master of your soul, of your life, of your circumstances, with him. You're you're not his servant. You're not his slave. You're his son. He's teaching us and training us to grow it up into Christ-likeness. Christ is not a servant or a slave or a steward. He is the son of God, and you and I are in him. And we're not all of a sudden, you know, oh, we're going to judge angels. That starts now. If you can't develop good judgment now, what makes you think you're all all of a sudden going to get it later? You know, when we are transformed by the rapture or whatever, you know, sitting in front of the heavenly heavenly places. I don't know about you, but I want to be in heavenly places now. Again, if it's... If we're waiting to hear, you know, when we stand, you know, whatever you believe, the judgment throne of God, and we're looking for him to then tell us how we're doing, isn't that a little late? Don't we all need to know how we're doing now? And I can tell you how you're doing. In your spirit, you are doing perfectly. Your spirit is... If you've been born again, it's never going to be the problem. The problem's always going to be your soul and maybe sometimes your your body. But it's our soul that's out of whack, and God knows that. He created the system that we're in where we are separate. Our soul is separate from our spirit, and we're in process. 
and any other area of responsibility, any other area, when it, when you keep getting stuck on something, like your job, you know, you you keep on, you dread going into work, but you haven't, you know, found the wherewithal to find something else. At least it's reliable, it's stable. Not saying go out and get another job, but ask God. Now, a lot of times when we do that, and let's take the example of, well, you know, if there's God's bringing to your attention something, a place you've been giving, and he says, I want you to give more, or I want you to give less, or not at all, or he just keeps, he is silent, but you can tell he wants to talk to you about it. Very often, that's really the key, is that he he is using this to get your attention. Not because he has some big announcement he wants to make, but because there's that part of your soul over here in the corner that this is how he could access it. You know, we think God, you know, wants this part of us, you know, our our behavior and our motivations and our love for one another, and yet over here in this corner, maybe that's what's most important to him. Whatever is over there. And everybody has their own corners and their own closets. So whatever he's drawing your attention to. Same way with relationships. If you're struggling in your relationships, if you're not satisfied in your relationships, that's Again, it's not necessarily about your relationships. It's about the dissatisfaction. Now, on the other hand, he may say, get out of this relationship. Or he may say, commit to this relationship. Or he may not talk to you at all about the relationship and say, okay, now that I have your attention, let's talk about this. Or maybe nothing. He just wants to spend time with you. But in order to get your attention in that part of your soul, he drew your attention to relationships. Same way with your health. So we want to recognize that God uses every aspect of our lives to draw our soul to reunite our soul with our spirit. So there's no part of our life that should be on autopilot. There's no part of our lives that we should assume we can ignore or that that it's not important. One of the stories I remember from a, a church I went to decades ago was one of the teachers, you know, women's group teachers, told the story about how she would get up every morning and spend time with God, and she couldn't, she would do it for a limited amount of time because she had to get on with her day. And then she would spend some t- more time with God at night. And she believed that God was telling her to spend more time with him in the morning. 
and her response was, but but God, I, I need to get up and I need to get going. I need to make my bed. I need to take care of, you know, my my everything in my house. What if somebody came over and saw that my bed wasn't made? And his response was, well, get in it. Now, that wasn't the solution she was looking for, but what it did was it helped her see that she was putting, it was more important for her what other people might think if they came to her house and things weren't neat and tidy because she was spending time with God. Now, she, you know, the, these are the small little things that God accomplishes big, giant things in our lives. And we've talked before about, isn't it, you know, let's not put God in a situation where he has to send an angel with a telegram to get our attention. But that he can do it with a still, small voice. That he can say, over here, this is something we need to talk about. This is an area of concern. Spend, you know, let's spend more time with me about this. And there's an, there's things we, and again, you know, so much of what we talk about, it's the same thing over and over again. We are just, it's just really about encouraging each one of us and myself to do what we know to do. Because it's not that complicated, even though we are going to talk about some some. Uh, additional insights into some things but the whole point being that it, it, God is a coach we're, we're learning to live in a way we've never lived before On, only Christ has ever lived the Christian life the rest of us are just in process now our spirits are perfect but our spirits aren't the one living here on this earth. It's our soul and our body that are struggling, that are in process. Our spirit's done, complete. So hopefully that gives you, oh, okay, whew, I don't have to worry about my relationship with God. Because we're in this together with him, spiritually speaking. And everything else, we already know the results of. But we're training our soul. We're, we're, we're learning to live with our soul reunited with our spirit. So, so let's look at something a little different. We've been talking a little bit, touching here and, here, here and there about Adam and Eve. From their earliest existence, when God formed them and, and brought them out and related to them and communed with them, they knew him by the Spirit. And they were one, spirit, soul, and body. Then when that, that lowering happened and their separation and they died in their spirit and God drove them out of his presence, what happened? All of a sudden, they had to learn how to live out of their soul. 
they no longer had unconditional love, unconditional acceptance. Their needs were no longer met. And they were God-given needs. And and your needs are God-given. He never says you shouldn't feel depressed or, or, or like you need a hug or you need guidance. He never says that. But he says, come unto me and I will give you rest. He doesn't say go to your pastor, you know, go read a book. Now, sometimes he does. But we do that when he says to not on our own. Now, there's and there's going to be times when, you know, just think about, again, with Adam and Eve. They, you know, they started having kids. They started doing what it takes to have kids. They didn't have any kids in, in the garden. They were probably not being intimate. Because they were knowing each other after the spirit. Not after the soul, not after the body. They hadn't even seen each other naked. They didn't see each other's body until the spirit was gone. They didn't need clothes. But their whole world turned upside down. And they had to learn how to live a different way. And I suspect it's, it took them years just to be able to figure out how to feed themselves, how to function, you know, things we take for granted, how to communicate with one another. Because they were communicating spirit just where they were clear, they were always on the same page. There was never any misunderstanding between them, between Adam and Eve and God. There was never any misunderstanding. Imagine that. There was always harmony. There was always peace and rest and and comfort and joy and excitement and anticipation and creativity and enjoyment of each other's presence and a satisfaction and a completeness and a wholeness. It was always there. Then it was all gone, just like that. Again, it was God orchestrated. It was God intentioned. His, it was His plan. He was He was watching to take place before Him. Now here we are. We're going the other direction. We've inherited that. lack, that our needs don't get met, that our God-given needs don't get met in our soul and sometimes in our body. But now, if you've been re-spirited, you're being restored to that relationship of oneness where your needs are met through your own spirit connected with God. See, Adam and Eve were walking around the garden as spirits. They were living and moving and having their being as a spirit being. And because of that, their communion with God was always without interference, without interruption. It was face-to-face. 
And that's where we're heading. We have a long way to go. And that's what Jesus paid the price for. It was a reunion, a restoration of our relationship with God. Not just salvation. Salvation happened 2,000 years ago. And then each one of us as individuals say, okay, give me a piece of that. And Jesus says, okay, that's written off. You're in. Here's the passcode. Come in, and then we're in. That's it. We're done in our spirit. But now we have to learn to not live like we don't have access to eternal life. We have to stop living dependent on our soul. Just as Adam and Eve had to learn how to live as soulical beings, you and I have to learn to live as spirit beings. And it's as big of a change. Now, they learned by trial and error. How does this work? How does this whole feeding ourselves work? How does this protecting ourselves from wild animals and from the weather and from the cold and the heat? And what's this water? How, you know, how did this water get over here? How do we plant things? How do we travel from one place to another without our feet getting all destroyed? What is this whole time thing? Why is the sun going up and down? You know, why, why do I feel tired? And they were thoroughly consumed with existing, learning to survive. And you and I are being drawn away from merely surviving. We're on the opposite track. In that process, you and I have gained something that Adam and Eve could not gain in the garden. And that's gratitude. That's appreciation for what God has done. For the change he's doing in our lives. And this is where we come back to spending time with him. How vital, how important it is. There's two things. If you want to speed things up, I'm going to say maybe three. I'm still working to really understand the mechanics of the third. But it's you spend time with God and you just be in his presence and let him reveal himself to you. Then speaking in tongues is number two. The third is fasting, but I will, I'm still trying to understand. I'm, I'm looking at it and investigating and, and waiting for God. We're having an interesting conversation about what happens anytime we fast from anything, whether it's from reading a book, from, from food, from not, you know, not watching TV, from t- fasting from work, whatever it is. What is it that is valuable to God? What is it that that changes us when we do that? So I'm still working on that. But I'm absolutely 
positively 100% confident of those two are the most effective ways of cooperating with God restoring our soul to our spirit, spending time with him in his presence. And you're always in his presence, so you don't need to worry about feeling his presence, but being with him, being available. Just pretend you're out, you know, getting a suntan. You just lay there and have confidence that, that he's doing his thing, that, that, that you're doing what is required by just being available to him and then speaking in tongues. And if you don't do that, ask the Lord if that's something he wants for you. And then pursue it. And then that might just be the process that he wants to use for you. Everybody's different. And maybe someday I'll I'll do a little teaching on that. Everybody has a different experience. And it's not that big of a deal if you don't have a a tongue, a a language. But it's something that if you can do it, because it's certainly not going to... um, hamper your relationship with God. It's just we're looking for the things that are going on that are available in our soul that can be helpful to our process. It's the same way as if God might be teaching you about healing because you have the healing ability. We can all raise the dead even now. And if, if that might be something that is pulling you and really putting the desire in your heart to do that, forget the the waiting even the waiting on him forget the the speaking in tongues do that whatever god is laying on your heart do that his his ways are not our ways but they really aren't that complicated if we just respond you know when he's at the door and knocking if we open and let him come in and sup with us he is our guidance counselor he's our coach and he's the one who gives out the grades we can trust him. This is part of the process. And we, we are learning to appreciate and say thank you and receive unconditionally what God is giving us unconditionally. So spending time with God reminds your soul what it is like to receive unconditional love. Acceptance as you are now, your, lo- your life identity and oneness unconditionally, just by being in his presence. So... Hopefully be encouraged with that, but whatever he's doing, respond. That's, it's, again, it's pretty simple. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line at dianeatherainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. Um, uh, until next week, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.